Hi everybody, this is Steve Sandy, and I'm back for episode 9 of the Tangible Tech Podcast. Thanks to everyone for your listens, and please continue to share the podcast with your friends, relatives, enemies, uh, anybody else who has a set of ears and a willingness to listen to a podcast about era tech. Yeah, that's what it's all about. This week's uh, show is going to be shorter than the last episode, which uh, turned into a monster. Well, I've been getting more and more interested in virtual reality, or VR, over the past couple of years. So I thought in this episode I'd pass along some observations about this quickly growing area of the computing universe. Okay, after that nice little sound break there, let's get started. Now, what is virtual reality or VR all about? Well, imagine that you could put on some magic glasses and be transported to another planet or the Old West or some other place and time that you're not currently in. Now, virtual reality lets you see and hear the world around you through those magic glasses, otherwise known as a VR headset, and it's actually quite realistic, even though it could use some improvement, as you'll see later on. <clears throat> Through the uh, use of a handheld controller of some sort, you can also interact with that different world. Now, VR is nothing new. I can recall playing some VR games at a local mega arcade in the mid to late 1990s that involved getting into some sort of armed robot and shooting the crap out of other armed robots. You played against other people, and it was quite realistic, even with the monochrome and low-resolution uh, displays of the time. There was a problem, though. Some people came out of that simulator feeling nauseous, and that's still a problem. Fortunately, I'm not one of those people, although I still get headaches if I use a VR headset for too long a time. Now, fast forward to the early 2010s. That's when I began hearing about uh, VR cameras and apps. For example, you could take a 360-degree spherical photo with some apps, including the Google Street View app, and then look at it on your iPhone or iPad by moving the phone around. Well, it was pretty cool, and I enjoyed taking those photos so much that I now have over 14 million views of my pictures on Google Street View. Well, taking those photos took some time. Essentially, what you did is you moved the iPhone around until you took, oh, 32 or maybe a few more photos that it stitched into a 360-degree sphere. So when I started seeing some of the first VR cameras coming out on the market at an affordable price, I uh, jumped on them. Uh, the cool thing about that is, you know, with one shot, you could go ahead and actually take a VR picture instead of taking 32 pictures. Um, you know, the other cool thing about it, most of these shot video. Well, the first camera for me was the Ricoh Theta, which had uh, two fisheye lenses on either side of a rather uh, phallic-looking camera, and it automatically stitched the images together. Now, it was good, but it had some issues like a tendency to show purplish-red lens flares, and uh, sadly that tends to be a problem with most of these cameras. 
Now, uh, about that same time, I supported an Indiegogo, or might have been Kickstarter campaign, for a device called the Insta360. It was a huge success. Uh, the camera took lower resolution photos than the Theta, but it plugged right into an iPhone, and therefore there was no hassle moving the photos around from one place to another. But I had bigger fish to fry, so when GoPro announced their Fusion VR camera late last year, I bought one. Well, that ended up being kind of a big mistake. Although the resolution was better, the device didn't do onboard stitching of the 360 degree image, and to be honest with you, the apps uh, sucked. <laughs> so I had to take each of the uh, micro SD cards out of the camera and then copy the individual files to my Mac before using GoPro's app to stitch them together. Pictures were a pain, uh, you know, the video was horribly slow in terms of uh, getting it rendered. I wasn't real happy with that camera. Not only was it bad, but uh, also quite expensive. Well, Insta360 came out with a new camera called the Insta360 One, and uh, although I was a bit slow in terms of getting one of the devices, I loved it. It took photos, it got rid of the selfie stick or tripod uh, automatically with software, uh, it stitched the images together in the device, and it did a really darn good job of capturing video. The only problem with it was a few days after I bought the Insta360 One, the company released a new, improved, higher resolution model called the Insta360 One X. I guess I, you know, can't win when it comes to buying things because they always come out with something better. Well, anyway, uh, I sold the expensive and rather unimpressive GoPro Fusion and I'm now using the fun, lightweight, and rather small by comparison, Insta360 One. Until I get an Insta360 One X, that is. So now I'm taking all of these wonderful photos in 360 degree, uh, uh, worlds, but how am I actually viewing them? Well, surely I'm not doing it by moving my iPhone around, you know, looking up, looking down with the iPhone, or scrolling on a picture in some app on my Mac. Nope, I finally went ahead and got myself a VR headset. Now, let me back up a bit. You know, back in the days when Oculus was getting started, I used, or tried, I should say, one of their VR headsets at Macworld iWorld, and I was singularly unimpressed. Also unimpressive to me was the uh, CEO of Oculus at the time, a guy by the name of Palmer Lucky, uh, saying that they'd never use Macs to power their Oculus Rift headset. Well, fortunately for the world of VR, Facebook bought Oculus and immediately started doing some pretty fascinating things with the technology. For example, it's really quite easy now with most VR cameras to save those 360 degree spherical photos to a Facebook post so that people can, you know, kind of get inside one of your pictures or videos. They pan around with their smartphones or tablets or they drag them uh, images around with a mouse and they can look up, look down, look around. It's very cool. Now the biggest change was when Oculus came out with the Oculus Go. It was an affordable and self-contained VR headset 
that didn't need to have uh, an overpowered gaming PC nearby to operate. Now, Facebook and Oculus really did this right. The Go is one of the easiest accessories I've ever set up from an iPhone, and that really says a lot. Once you get the headset ready to roll, you put it on, you put a controller into your hand, and you start looking around. Now, the controller allows you to pick up items from menus, or pick items from menus. You can't pick them up. That. Uh, but anyway, it's helpful when you're looking for content to view in VR. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, VR channels out there, so to speak, a lot of games that are being written nowadays. Some of them are kind of cheesy, but what the heck, that's still fun. Now, Go also provides a pretty decent stereo sound, which is nice uh, when you're maybe taking or looking at video that was taken at some site and um, on a vacation or something, and you really want to immerse yourself in those memories. So that's where I am in the VR world right now, basically uh, taking a lot of shots and a lot of video uh, with the uh, uh, Insta360 One and kind of viewing it with the uh, VR headset, the Oculus Go. Now, there are some annoyances. For example, the resolution of most of the headsets, including the Go and the cameras, uh, is still low enough that everything kind of has a vague fuzziness to it. You know, it's not too annoying, but future headsets with much more high-resolution displays will be a lot more impressive. There's also a problem with a slight lagginess sometimes between head movements and what the viewer in the headset perceives, which is why some people end up getting this motion sickness when wearing VR headsets. Now, are all the big tech companies going uh, into VR? Well, Apple sure isn't, and I kind of follow Apple on my other job over at Apple World today. The company seems to be forging paths into augmented reality, or AR, and it wouldn't surprise me at all for the next big Apple product, you know, they always come out with these groundbreaking products like Apple Watch and iPhone and iPad uh, for the next product to be glasses that project assistive text, directions, notifications, and so on onto your real-world view. Now, if you're making moves into the world of virtual reality, tell me about them. Listeners who are using the uh, Anchor.fm app, well, you can simply add a voice message and reply to me and you might hear your voice on the next episode of Tangible Tech. Until next time, I'm Steve Sandy, and this is Tangible Tech.